the Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little-Jones of christylittlejones.com, episode number 139. In today's episode, I'm talking to my special guest, Nakia Smith, about her journey to motherhood, full of grief, faith, hope, and love. She will take us on a little bit of her journey of adopting Jeremiah and Ariah and the relentless, unshakable faith it took not to give up on God and his promises. Up next on the Wife Wisdom Podcast. Welcome to the Wife Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Little-Jones. I'm a relationship coach, a marriage and family champion, and the chief cheerleader for women all over the world. The Wife Wisdom Podcast is a real conversation designed to help you cultivate the heart of a wife. If you are single and desire to be married, if you are newly married and want to thrive as a wife, or if you are a seasoned wife and just need a little encouragement staying a wife, you are in the right place. If you are new to our podcast, woohoo! Welcome to the family. I am thrilled that you are here. And if you are already a part of my tribe and you don't already know, I love and appreciate you. I am very excited to bring my friend Nakia Smith back to the Wife Wisdom Podcast to talk about motherhood and adoption in today's episode. Nakia is a wife and a mom and has a huge heart for women and married couples. Her passion is for God's word and the mime ministry. She is a homeschool mom and operates a home-based daycare called Arts Academy. Please help me welcome back to the Wife Wisdom Podcast, Mrs. Nakia Smith. Nikia, so excited to have you back on the Wife Wisdom Podcast. How you doing? I'm great. How are you? Good, good. You look beautiful and you sound beautiful. And so I am so excited about our, our episode today because the, it's so powerful, your story, your, your journey. And I know it is going to speak to the hearts of every single person who listens to it. So um, the very first question that I have for you is, what is your favorite mom moment? Okay, so I have a lot, but I guess consistently it will be um, just the little things. Like Jeremiah is always like, mommy, let's go as a family. Let's do this as a family. I don't like bike riding, but he and and Warren do. And uh, <clears throat> so I go because he's like, let's go as a family. But the other day, he was like, let's play Frisbee. And so we just went out um, right next to our house. It's a little hill. And it was cold that day. It was, it was windy, but we were out there throwing the Frisbee to each other. Araya was just looking at flowers and eating dirt and rocks. And we were playing frisbee, and it was just a beautiful moment to just spend time with with all of us together. So I love those spontaneous moments where we just, as a family, just hang out. Yes, yes. Now, do you have a favorite, like a, a funny mom moment? You know, like where you, it's one of those moments where you really want to remember to tell them when they get older. Like I, I remember, I love being a mom. And I remember when Blaze was probably about three, we were in a mall and we were um, going up the escalators and, you know, 
he <laughs> just out of the blue smacked the behind of the lady in front of us. <laughs> like, what? Oh my God, I'm so sorry. And good thing she just had a great sense of humor. And she's like, well, this is a great thing. She was from the island. She was like, oh, he loves women. That's no, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But he was three. So do you have a funny mom moment uh, that you can think of? Oh gosh, Jeremiah is always doing something um, that cracks everybody up. Um, goodness. Probably when he is um, dancing. Oh. Um, he, he loves, oh, so he loves to dance. And you know, we're from the DC area. So of mm -hmm. course, Warren loves go-go. So we listen to this go-go Christmas music. And so um, Jeremiah was like, we had, a, we had a cookout the other day. Our neighbors moved. And so we did a small little cookout to say farewell to her. And Jeremiah was like, daddy, put on that CCB Christmas. And so it came on and he was like dancing and yeah, crank that junk, daddy, crank it, uh -uh. crank it, daddy. And he went and put on a baseball cap and turned it backwards. And he was out there dancing and 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 break dancing and rolling around on the ground. So it was just funny to see him so animated and and to see him. I think the funniest moments is when we I see my husband in him and uh -huh. he'll say like crank that joke or he'll say something that Warren oh like you better get it on in here. You better get it on in here. Um, come on in here and and let's play. Um, so anything that he does that that I clearly see my husband in, it is just so hilarious to me. Yes. And how old is he now? He is four. Four, right. So yeah. you can imagine, I can imagine just what he's like with <laughs> trying to be like dad. <laughs> that is the best. That is the best. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, let's maybe start with the you know, the story of adoption, you know, that Jeremiah is, is adopted and your thoughts really before, just your thoughts on adoption before adopting Jeremiah, you know, because I know a lot of men in particular are like, oh, I want my own seed. And women say, you know, I, I, I just want to know what it feels like. I want to be able to push. I want to be able to carry the my own child. Can you speak to the idea or that notion when it comes to adoption and adopting a child? Yes. Yeah, so I think because I always kept other people's kids, I was always open to adoption. Like I was always babysitting since I was 10 years old. I just always had my nieces, my nephews my God kids, I always had somebody's kid with me babysitting. So I was always open to adoption. Um, my husband, on the other hand, um, was not initially, but I think it was because he was the one who was told we couldn't have kids because his sperm count was low. So it was different because I wasn't the one who was told you can't mm -hmm. have children. Um, but I will say that after adopting Jeremiah, um, sometimes there's still a sting. Uh, when I see a pregnant woman, not every time, but sometimes when I see a pregnant woman, there's still this sting that I feel. Um, I still make it teary-eyed because that's an experience that I, I missed. I didn't get that opportunity. 
um, or I'll be talking to a mother and she'll say, you know how it was when you were in the such and such trimester. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, I don't know how it was. Um, so there's still a sting that I feel occasionally, <clears throat> but my journey to adoption was sweet. And um, I never was opposed to it. I was always open to it. It was just praying and waiting for my husband to be open to it. Mm, that's so good. And so you're the, you guys had a mutual desire to have kids prior to uh, getting, you know, really this process of deciding to expand your family. And so how did you deal with that news of knowing that, or even have, did you try to have children? And then you came to find out that, you know, you couldn't. And then how did you handle that? What did you do? So we found out before we made it to our one year anniversary, I, I told Warren, I was like, go get your annual physical. You know, men, they don't, they don't <laughs> right. go to the doctor. So I don't think he had one probably since high school. And it was at his just regular annual checkup that they discovered um, that, uh, that they discovered that his sperm count was low um, because of the positioning of some stuff. But, mm -hmm. but um because I had had the word before we got married that I would get married and have four children, I wasn't devastated. I was just like, okay, God's going to do it. God's going to do it. Mm -hmm. um, and then I got another prophetic word that Warren's body was going to line up. So I was like, great, God's going to do it. God's going to do it. But year after year, if it's not happening, um, it, was, it was devastating. Uh, we went through two IUIs, which is interuterine insemination. And we went through six IVFs, which is um, mm -hmm. in vitro fertilization. We went through 16 embryos. Um, that was devastating. Uh, not the, the first round when it didn't work was the worst. Every round after that, it stung, but not as much as the first round. The first round really, because the doctors still couldn't figure out why it wasn't working. There's nothing wrong with you. Your womb is perfect. Like, they just couldn't figure out why it wasn't working. And my doctor, he was so puzzled in his face. It's like he wanted to bust out crying. <laughs> oh. When he was talking to me, he was just like, I just don't understand. Um, so, so it was devastating, but I just had to lean on my faith and just, just I just kept remembering what God said. You're going to get married and have four children. And then I had to adjust to the fact that having four children doesn't necessarily mean have them through your body. Mm -hmm. um, and that was a process. I think the main thing was learning how to grieve. I didn't grieve the loss of not being able to have children um, until we started the adoption process because I didn't understand the difference between grief and faith. And there's a difference. And just because you're grieving doesn't mean that you lack faith. So it wasn't until we actually went through the adoption process to get Jeremiah after everything else had failed that we were in our adoption training and a grief counselor came in. And that's when I was able to let all the grief out, excuse me, yeah. that I had been holding on to. Um, just the lie that when you're, when you're grieving loss, that um that it means you lack faith and they're two different totally two different things and so it's okay to grieve the loss of the dream or the expectation 
but you still have to be open to what God wants you to do. Wow, that is so powerful. That is so powerful that there's a difference between grieving and faith and you have to learn how to grieve. Do you, what was it that you learned during that process about grieving that can really encourage our listeners who are going through the exact same thing that helped you to get to that space or get to that place of understanding what one, the difference, but really giving yourself permission to do so? Um, you first have to come out of denial, <laughs> yeah, which is the first stage of grief. Um, and just the whole, I'm good. I have faith. God's going to do it. I believe God. I'm just going to keep moving, keep trucking, keep serving. God's got it. God's going to do it. And yes, he does have it and he is going to do it. But there's, you have to acknowledge the sadness that you feel. You have to acknowledge um, the loss um, that you have experienced. Like I remember saying um, to my, my fertility doctor, well, at least I didn't have a miscarriage. I, I don't know what that feels like to have life and then lose it. And he looked at me and he's like, but Nakia, you did because they implant the embryos. Um, and, and just that, just being in denial, even about that. I, so technically I had six miscarriages and lost 16 um, babies. Yeah. Um, but I think the first thing is getting through the denial and then acknowledging that you're angry. You know, it, everything starts with acknowledgement. Once you acknowledge the hurt and the pain and the disappointment, then you acknowledge the anger. And once you acknowledge everything, then you can surrender it to God. Then you can mm -hmm. surrender it and, and, and allow him to minister to you and bring the healing um, so that you get back to a place of wellness and wholeness. Wow, that is so good. So, you know, that process of coming out of denial is difficult in itself. It really is. And did you have someone help you to kind of pull you through that process or were you able to kind of go through that on your own? Was Warren there? How did you actually come to terms with the reality of, OMG, I may not, I'm not going to be able to have children through me and my husband? Um, it was a two-step process. Uh, the first process was when we were in the adoption training for Jeremiah. That's when I first came out of denial. Um, and I was able to surrender it to God. Uh, so it was the training that helped me see that I, I, had, I had confused faith and unbelief with grief. Mm -hmm. um, so that was the first step. The second step was, um, so I'm, I guess I'm gonna get ahead a little bit. Um, when we had the opportunity for our second adoption, we are in the process of adopting a little girl and everything was great until she moved in. Um, it took us the, what should have taken three months took 14 months. So I was grieving the loss of the time we should have had with her. And then it hit me like a ton of bricks. I didn't feel it so much with Jeremiah, but with Araya, and then getting closer to 50, it's like, mm -hmm. oh, oh my gosh, like I might be hitting menopause soon. And 
the reality of not being able to have at least one because I'm still holding on to the prophetic word that one's body is going to line up. So I'm believing, you know, then everybody is like, oh, after you adopt, you're going to get pregnant. And like we adopted and he's four. And now we have a one, almost two year old and I still haven't gotten pregnant. <laughs> right. So there was a second round of grief um, that hit when she moved in. Um, and it was really just um, talking to counselors. Um, acknowledge, again, this time I wasn't in denial. I quickly was acknowledging what I felt. Um, but talking to another mom who's a counselor who was like, Nikia, you're a good mother. It's okay. You know, you think postpartum only happens to women who are actually pregnant because of the hormone. But I liken what I went through to postpartum, even though I didn't give birth to her. Because while I was happy and elated that we had her, there was still this grieving of she didn't come through my womb. This is the second time this has happened. I'm getting closer to 50. And the reality of me never being able to have children is now setting in. So I acknowledged it. I talked to a counselor. Um, she assured me that even mothers who have children don't always connect to the second or the third child the way that they connected to the first. Um, and then all the elements that I'm not going to get into, all the elements surrounding the process of even getting her into our home. <laughs> she was like, Nikia, you're dealing with a lot. So mm -hmm. that was the second round of grief. And I handled it by one, quickly acknowledging it, two, seeking counsel, um, and then being accountable to those women, like uh, telling them it's getting better. And then, and then loving the baby the way she wants to be loved. Her love language is different from Jeremiah mm -hmm. and it's different from mine. So I have to work harder to speak her love language to her. Um, and so those are the things that help me grieve faster and, and move to healing. Yes, that is so, so, so important. Thank you so much for even just sharing that piece because it is, that's critical. That's a critical piece in being able to not get stuck and really move forward. And, um, in the healing process. That is so, so great. And so what do you, what is it that uh, can you say to encourage couples, women who desire to be parents and are having difficult conceiving as far as, you know, being open to adopting? What can you share about the process that will, may help give them um, hope that it doesn't have to, you know, that what, the same thing that you said about, you know, even though it may not have come through my body, you're still a mom, you're an amazing mom. And, you know, Jeremiah and Araya are so completely, their lives are changed forever as a result. And so what can you say about adoption to encourage couples who may be having difficulty conceiving? I want to be sensitive because it's a it's a process that everyone has to get to. I, I don't want to um, say, well, you can just adopt. Mm -hmm. That's that's what people say <clears throat> who haven't had problems conceiving. You can just adopt, or if someone's had a miscarriage, well, you can get pregnant again. You know, and and it's so dismissive. 
Um, so I don't, I don't want to be dismissive. I just want to say that it's a, it's a, it's a process to get there, to be willing to adopt. And it's okay to go on your journey and to walk out your process. I will encourage you to say, to be open to the possibility because once that child is placed in your care, that is your child and you're going to love them you're going to care for them. You're going to support them, discipline them. Um, it will, he or she will be your child. And um, you don't have to be afraid that because they didn't come from you that, um, that you can't or won't love them because you will. Um, I can't even imagine my life <laughs> without Jeremiah and Uriah. I just, I can't, like, I just know that, I just recognize that God wasn't keeping me from before. You know, when we look at the Bible and we look at Elizabeth and how she got pregnant later in life, um, it was because she was giving birth to John the Baptist. So God kept her for the honor of birthing John the Baptist, who was the forerunner and paved the way for Jesus. And so you have to look at, whatever it is you're going through and understand that God is not keeping you from, but he's keeping you for. And, and just try your best to be open to what God is doing, even if it doesn't look like what you expected or wanted. So my encouragement is to be open. Be open, open your heart, open your mind, and, and just be open to, to God growing your family, however he sees fit. And, and God will do that. When we, when we started the adoption process, we prayed that our children would look like they came from us. Um, and anybody who's seen us <laughs> knows that both kids look like Warren. I'm like, can I get at least one? Exactly. <laughs> can at least one of them look like me? But they both look like Warren, even Jeremiah's size and stature, you know, because Warren is a big guy, he's six five. Jeremiah is four and he looks like a six-year-old. So he's destined to be a big guy. And, and so God will answer every detail, every detail, he will answer it and meet the need. And so be open. My encouragement is be open, open your heart and your mind. That is so good. I think it's so beautiful how God does that, where I've seen even my brother and sister-in-law adopted and their son looks just like them. I am just amazed by it. Even like you said, <laughs> I'm like, Lord, like you said, Lord, can I get one that looks like me? Because they look just like Warren. And it's so beautiful how God does that. And I, and I, with children that we adopt and I've seen that in so many different cases it's a, such a beautiful a beautiful gift for sure and so does Jeremiah know that he's adopted have you guys thought about you know I know that that is a a concern for many parents in in sharing the adoption story with their child and you know just curious as to have have you started that process have you shared the adoption story with him yet and if not is there a plan to and kind of what does that look like yes we have and um 
when you adopt through an agency, they're going to encourage you. If you adopt through an agency, they're going to encourage you to, um, to share as early as possible and to continue to share. And the level of detail will grow deeper as they get older, as their understanding is older. So, you know, we're adopting this little girl and Jeremiah is just so excited and he's telling everybody he's getting a baby sister and she's adopted. And so I said, well, you're adopted too. And he said, well, mommy, what is adoption? And I said, adoption means that you didn't grow in mommy's womb. You didn't grow in my tummy. You grew in another woman's tummy. And then she gave you to me and daddy for us to love you forever and ever. Um, and he said, oh, he said, well, why did not grow in your tummy, mommy? And I said, well, because mommy and daddy, we couldn't, we couldn't um, have you grow in our tummy. We couldn't make children. And he said, oh, okay, mommy. And then um, he said, I love you, mommy. And he just gave me the biggest hug <laughs> um, ever. So we continue to have that talk and we show him pictures um, of our journey to adopting him. Um, and it will go deeper as he gets older. And the same with the little girl we're adopting. Her story will be different because she came through foster care. So she has a life book that we'll add to. It was given to us by her original foster parents and we'll add that life book. And we're in touch with the birth grandmother. So she has, she'll have relationship with her and she has five other sisters. And so we keep in touch with um, those families so that she will know she may never meet her birth mother, um, but she will know her birth grandmother and her sisters. Wow, that's so beautiful. And so when you expanded into foster care and, you know, the, how did you know after adopting Jeremiah to go into foster care and then ultimately uh, adopt Araya? Like, how did that come about? Well, we were always open to fostering, but when you foster, the goal is always reconciliation. First and foremost, the goal is reconciliation. And so I knew my heart could not take having a child and, and having to give them back if it did not work out. But once we had Jeremiah, then I was open to it. I was like, okay, we have Jeremiah. If this one doesn't end up being ours, then we'll, you know, we'll love them. For the season that God has called us to love them and then we'll send them back to their birth family. Um, but God is so amazing. <clears throat> we actually, we had signed up to be foster parents, but there was a family who reached out to us that said, hey, um, this young lady is just had a baby and she can't take care of it and they're looking for someone to parent her. And Warren and I were like, absolutely. So this came to us like, wow, she wasn't, she wasn't even in the system yet. She was two days old in the hospital when we got the call. Wow. Um, and so, um, and so then we, be, we had, it was a lot. We had to transition because the foster agency that we were with wasn't with the county. So we had to transition to become foster parents in the county to be able to foster and then adopt. So there was a lot of transition, but God just, God did this. Um, God did this. That is 
awesome. That is so amazing. And I, you know, in the beginning of the episode, you said that you had a vision. God had showed you four children, right? So there was even, I, I love the fact that your just the vision and the promise that you carry with you that, oh, wait a minute, we're supposed to have four. I'm sure that also it helps with your faith in continuing to walk as this, as God expands your family into the promise, right? I love it. And so I hear you have some really great news to share since you've adopted Jeremiah and please update us. Okay, so we are adopting Araya, and Araya has a baby sister whose name is Aria, and we are adopting her too. Jeremiah is about to become the big brother of two beautiful little girls, and he's super duper excited, and so are we. Wow, that is the best news ever. I think that, you know, being that it is Mother's Day coming up, and being a mom and all that goes into it and just even having a heart to to be a a mother to many like you said you always babysat you always had someone that you were bringing to church who was in children's church and before you were even married I just think that that is such a beautiful expression in letting and of encouragement even letting people know that being a mom or a mother figure is a heart. It's a posture. It is a, it's a position, you know, even being a mother to your children's friends, it still is a mother figure. And I remember um, one of my, my, my son's really good friends was like, you know, when I grow up and have kids, I want you to be the God mom. Like, and I just thought that was like, oh, so beautiful. He was like in middle school. And I just thought, wow. And it's because of the love that children feel from any individual. You don't have to necessarily have been a mom for them to even see you like, right. like in that position or in that place. And I just love the fact that you that your your heart to mother your heart to nurture and encourage and uplift and inspire and elevate and you know is just continuing to just spread not only through your new family but just everyone that knows you which i think is so beautiful and so how what is it that you want to share or say of encouragement around being a mom or around adoption or foster care? What is the message of your heart that you want to share? Um, being a mom, just like you said, it's a hot posture. Um, and, you know, same with the dad, father and people, it's a hot posture. And you can do that without biologically conceiving. And I would encourage people to, to be open, to be open to the possibility of growing your family through adoption. Even if you've had kids biologically, adoption is a wonderful, a wonderful opportunity to, to be Jesus in the earth, to provide a loving 
home, a loving environment to a child in need. Fostering also, um, they're always looking for great uh, homes for children to go into. Um, so be open and try not to be mad at God. I mean, it's okay to be mad for a minute, but try not to stay there. Um, instead of asking God, why is this happening to me? Maybe try asking God, how do you want to use me in this? What is it that you want me to learn in this and through this? And how can I serve and be a blessing to others? Uh, my biggest takeaway from the whole adoption piece is that God is not keeping me from, but he's keeping me for. And had we had biological children, we wouldn't know Jeremiah, we wouldn't know Ariah, we wouldn't know Aria, who's going to be joining our home very soon. And um, so be open and be honest and transparent and be obedient. When you hear the voice of God, be obedient and, and watch the wonderful work that God will do when you're open and you surrender. Mm -hmm. So, so good. And so last question, what is your biggest Mother's Day wish? Oh, <laughs> um, I think my biggest Mother's Day wish is for my children to grow up loving Jesus for themselves and and sharing him with the world that they accomplish all that god has set them here to do um, and that they love each other uh, that they're really close and and at the end of the day that they you know sometimes you hear stories about children who are adopted, um, who kind of struggle and suffer and, and want to know their biological families. Um, I just want them to know that they're loved and, and that they're loved by me and Warren, their mom and dad, and that we loved them even before they were conceived and we knew they would be ours. Mm, that's so beautiful. You know, I'm sure that there are people who are listening who may may love to reach out or have have questions or some type of encouragement and i know that you are an amazing bible teacher and you are um just have a heart for sisterhood and community and so are there any social media outlets that um, you have that people could potentially reach out and connect for even questions about the adoption agency that you use? And um, if there's, I don't know if there's, there are things in place for people to be able to do that, but wanted to offer that if that's something that you did have. Um, Christy, I'm so prehistoric. Um, <laughs> I do have an Instagram, but I don't even know what it is. Oh, that's I, hilarious. Have, I haven't been on it in so long. I, I have to find, I'm probably gonna have to reset my password. Um, 
I disabled are... Facebook, but oh, I can re I can re-enable I can re-enable Facebook. Oh, so um, basically, if they have a question, they need to contact me and I get in touch with you, right? Yeah, just give them my email or my phone number. I don't mind. Um I do have a, a group that meets the first Saturday of every month and it's called um, Journey to Motherhood. And um, we meet on Zoom, but they would have to, again, contact me to get the information. Okay, um, so I do, have, I do have that. And if husbands want, right now, just women typically attend. But if I know that your husband wants to attend, then Warren is available so that, you know, they can have a male perspective. Um, awesome. but I'm so sorry I'm prehistoric I'm, I'm <laughs> it's okay it's okay <laughs> it's okay you know I got you sis so so basically if you have any questions or if you're wanting to connect with Nakia then reach out to me DM me leave me a voice message go to the show notes and we will get you connected with Nakia and Warren if you have any questions or you'd like to join her monthly Saturday journey to motherhood group uh, we would love to do that but i so appreciate you sharing just your just transparent transparently opening up your heart so we can just peek into your beautiful adoption story and the journey to jeremiah aria and anaya right Aria. Aria, 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 Aria. <laughs> right. And then it's just beautiful. It's just, it, it really is so encouraging and, and, and just a message of hope that I think is so critical and important, especially around this time. And so I so appreciate you. Thank you again for being on the show. Love you so much. Sending you lots of hugs and kisses and have a wonderful Mother's Day. Thank you. You too. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode on the Wife Wisdom Podcast. I hope that it was encouraging, inspiring, supportive, and made you feel like you were not alone. So thank you for joining me. If we are not connected on social media, please come on over and say hello. DM me on Instagram at wife.wisdom. I'm always looking to give you the best content that supports you and serves you. So please send me your ideas for topics for podcasts, as well as let me know how the Wife Wisdom Podcast has encouraged you or how it has supported you and brought up aha moments for you. I read and value and cherish all of these testimonies that I receive from you. So please, please, please keep them coming. Lastly, would you please do me a huge favor and rate and review my podcast if you have not already. It really helps the podcast to be seen and found on all of the platforms. So in order to rate and review, if you have an iPhone or an iPad, please go down, scroll down to the very first episode. It will say, write a review. So you click on the number of stars and you write your review right there. Unfortunately, if you have an Android, there isn't an easy way for you to rate and review the podcast at this time, but I would still love, love, love to hear from you over on Instagram. Rating and reviewing helps get the word out about the podcast to other women who are also looking for wife wisdom. So please continue to share with your family, your friends, and of course, your sister circle. I so appreciate you and value your consistent listenership. So have an amazing week and I look forward to connecting with you next time.
The Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little-Jones was created to help you cultivate the heart of a wife by giving you practical tools, tips, and techniques to live happily ever after. Well, at least most of the time. (laughs) So until next week, keep learning, keep listening, and keep love first. Bye-bye.